Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett talking a little Kentucky football for you today. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about because we're in week two of spring practice, Adam Luckett. We've heard from all the coaches and coordinators at least once at this point. And uh, as much as Mark Stoops is trying to temper expectations this spring, nobody else is. So take that for what you will. Right. They all seem pretty excited. Um, Cohen seems pleasantly surprised about what he's kind of inherited on the offensive side of the football. And Brad White was acting like a kid in a candy store on Thursday when he met with the media. Even though his position specifically, his position room, is very thin and they're pulling from that safeties, uh, safety spot uh, to fulfill one of those outside linebacker positions, he he's not hiding from his optimism or at least early on uh, for the defense in 2021. No, no, not hiding it whatsoever. And it's pretty uh, – it, it's kind of weird because uh, I, I think before we get into the details of it, I do think there has been some mixed messaging overall because in Stoops's mind, he doesn't want the hype train to get off the tracks. But everybody else is pretty excited about what's happening thus far. White is was more of a surprise than any, just because you know he just he doesn't typically talk like that. Like he's pretty tells it how it is in great detail with a lot of nuance. But that's why he's so excited. Um, and I think on the player side, you have a lot of Liam Cohen talking about, yeah, these guys they're just having to do a lot of stuff they've never done before. But then the players are like, well, we've done stuff like this, you know, it isn't that crazy. But we are grateful that we have a coach who could bring a different perspective. Um, we got a lot of that from the quarterback. So all in all, uh, even though they might not necessarily be on the same page whenever they're at the podium, there's still uh, a general degree of excitement, so much so that I think most fans are just like, well, damn it, can they just let us see it at the end of the spring? That's all we're asking for. Yeah, at the end of the day, it does suck that we're not going to get a spring game. It's ultimate college football. Such a tease hide everything, give out no information. But I think with getting back to the defense, you just look at each level. They just have good, solid senior leadership. DeAndre Square, a multi-year starter. Yusuf Corker, multi-year starter. Josh Pascal, multi-year starter. And then they've got other seniors in that mix. You look at Ty Agent, plenty of playing time. Marquand McCall has had plenty of playing time. So I just – and Cedric Dort, Quandre Mosley at corner slash Mosley slash safety, plenty of playing time. I think that's a big reason why he's feeling that way. Uh, those guys are kind of setting the tone, setting the pace for everybody else. And then I, I think a lot of it's recent recruiting success. I think they've got some young talent in there that they're pretty excited about. Um, and they're throwing them um, into the mix right now. And hopefully with this senior leadership they can – their learning curve, I guess, can be sped up a little bit. Um, 
knowing what to do because they have good guys um, leading the way. You heard DeAndre Square talking about watching film for 27 hours after practice and right, right, all that stuff. And then, you know, you got White talking about how they're going to – this medium package, um, how they're going to use that to, to really use their best 11 on the field at, at one time. And I think he's real. I think they're kind of excited about that. I think that's going to, I think we're going to see more of like an exotic blitz pressure package than we have in the past, because it's not going to be just your typical. All right. We got really good edge rusher. Let's just turn him loose here. But now they're, they're going to have to get creative with how they influence the quarterback in the pocket. Um, I think that's something exciting to see. And we're not going to know any of it until Terry Bowden rolls into town on, on Labor Day, Saturday. Well, and, and when they do that, the head guy who's ultimately the head guy for a reason is going to pull back on the rain. So I do think there is going to be a sort of push pull because, you know, going back to his time at Florida state stoops is all about playing sound, uh, eliminating the big play defense. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you get into a medium package like that and you're bringing those guys quite a bit, you can leave yourself vulnerable. Um, yeah. I mean, you can still get in your kind of umbrella looks, your three deep and whatnot. But where you bring that fourth guy can come from different a bunch spots. of different places. That's true. That's true. Which they might need to because, like I said, they are thin on the edge. Um, but that's the difficult part. We have a tough time getting there. I, hell, I just texted you yesterday like, oh, here's a picture. Is that Flax at right tackle? This, this right. is what we've resorted to, to figuring out who is playing where and when. Uh, Which, now, there could be an injury we don't know about, obviously. Mm-hmm. We don't know really anything about Watkins, what injury he had last year, or if he's healthy right now. Yeah. But I think or, Flax, when you look at him, I think he has the most potential of any of those tackle prospects as of right now. Um, some younger guys could grow into it. But as of right now, you'd think about Kennard and Flax on the edge. That That's enticing from mm-hmm. a from a run game standpoint. Yeah, having some – well, and not only that, but you've got a lot of length there too, which that helps against those quick edges just to be able to m- make sure they aren't outreaching you. Um, but nevertheless, uh, on the defensive side though, when White – man, I need, I wish I pulled up the quote because there was one quote in particular where it was like, I really like what we got or um, – He's like, if you can't tell by the tone of my voice, I really, really like, I really, really like our team. And to have that on day two, and I feel like last year's unit, they did well, they performed well, but they were never a total defense. They, they, they were just very opportunistic. I think White gets a sense that if he can just create that pass rush, that they have some potential with with the erasers on the back end and DeAndre square, he can, he can sense that they've got a good group. Uh, it's just a matter of putting it together. That's great. Especially when they're seeing a new offense for the first time and they're picking it up pretty well. Like, like it, it's so refreshing that they're going to be able to go up against an outside zone after getting their teeth kicked in about last year. I mean, they got crushed in that Missouri game by just giving up, just bleeding yards. Uh, it's good that you have – you're going up against a, something a little bit more complicated because, let's face it, dude, you, 
month through practice, everybody knows what plays coming their way, so they can cheat to make a good play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you've you've been there, you've seen it. It probably ticked you off when you're on the offensive line and you, damn linebackers cheating to the hole because he knows the mm-hmm. ball's going there. Like it'll drive you nuts. They might be able to by summer, but they can't. They can't be cheating to figure out where the ball's going now. Yeah. Well, Saint X when they were putting ten in the box when we were scrimmaging, because they knew we were just running, you know, getting a double team going on the veer. Yeah, that was frustrating <laughs> for sure. All that good old Mike Glazer offense. Yeah. Hey, don't worry, we did the same on wing T stuff too. So there was plenty of, uh, of course, our linebacker. He was scout team all American, and he would drive him nuts, and we'd call him that. And then he would just jump the play and. Damn it, Hall, quit cheating. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, which you can't do that anymore. Uh, going up against this UK offense, which, like it, when we got to talk to the quarterbacks on Saturday, hey, it was kind of a surprise. So it's like, oh, hell, what do, we, what do I want to ask the quarterbacks? And in the middle of the NCAA tournament games, I admittedly was not very focused. Um, so there's some things that I do wish, like, hey, what does it mean to have a quarterback for any offense? But they still told us a lot. And I thought Joey Gatewood's remarks were pretty revealing. He's he's on his third coordinator in three years. Well, four he, and four, really. All right, actually oh, three and three. It's it's a three and three or four, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, he's had a different coordinator every season. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, because technically he was at Auburn for two years. Did they switch up who was play calling then? Yeah, they I mean they had that think tank going on. One year Gus did it himself, the other year I think he split it up with Chip Lindsay. So Gus just loves to pass the baton back and forth to right uh, save his job a little bit longer. But nevertheless, he's had a bunch of different coordinators, a bunch of different ways to look at offensive football. He's like, you know, I thought I knew one way to look at it, and then I see his way, and I'm like, Oh, I actually like that a lot better. And so the wheels, the hamster wheels are really spinning in these guys' heads. And it makes me feel confident that what Cohen is doing, it it's not like the concepts are probably the same, but the way that he simplifies it for them, uh, I think is what's really going to make a difference ultimately this fall. Yeah, we've heard Jagger Burton talking about how we're doing things to set other plays up. Joey Gatewood kind of elaborated on how – how much he's learned, I guess, in this couple of weeks working working with Cohen. But the real big thing, I think, from the quarterbacks was just the footwork. Mm-hmm. That's You can tell that's a big thing. A lot of it's, you know, when you hand off on wide zone, you've got to get out, get out there. Um, it's not just – it's not the catch a snap and put, put it in the mesh point like we saw the last three or four years. Like there's some there's some work that comes with that. So getting all that t- that timing down, I think it's a big part of spring with this install. And then when they're doing their OTAs um, this summer, they're going to have to work on that. So I think that's a big thing. And then I believe Bo Allen talked about just like on the timing on some of these routes. Yeah, your feet have to be in a certain place. If if it's not, it can mess up your accuracy or mess up how the ball's delivered. See, um, so that's that's more advanced stuff, I think, in the passing game than they probably had. Yeah, two years. And I thought, I think, so the quarterback friendly offense. I don't know if that was a phrase that Cohen used. You no, know, it was a Stoops. It was a Stoops uh, uh, phrase. But essentially, when you have your footwork tied to a route and it's tied to a progression, there's less thinking involved. Like you're just uh, because. I, 
I always that's the thing that I liked about football more so than basketball. Like it in basketball, when you go to make a move, you've got to be kind of like three steps ahead. Even in a motion offense, there's you have to you have to be much more cerebral. Whereas, yes, like in football, I liked having a job and that was my one specific job, and that's what I did. I I think the quarterbacks under Grant and Henshaw were having to kind of almost play basketball. Whereas if you're tying your feet to a progression and a route, then the only thing you just have to make a decision is the safety playing up or is he playing back? And then I go there. There's not a lot of else going on. Now that's down the road. I'm sure right now there's a lot of trying to think with their feet and moving. Like I'm sure there is some of that now, but once you get it figured out, if you have that same drop for this route every single time and this progression, then it should mitigate your chance of making a fatal mistake or an overthrow or just just some of those throws where you're like, oh, who's that going to? That, that I feel like it, you should take be able to take out a lot of problems by making it much more detail-oriented at the, at the most basic of levels. And that's where the play-action game comes into. It's fake here, one, two, it's not their run. I mean, it's just easy, quick decisions. Like with the waggle game, you're going to get out on the perimeter. Yeah, I love a waggle. Even if it's just a short little three-yard completion, just to get you rolling some rhythm a little bit. And I think that's really what they mean um, for the quarterback-friendly stuff. There's still going to be progressions. Mm-hmm. They're still going to have to read, and there's still going to be high lows and where you know you, you have to read a certain thing. You have got to recognize coverage. But Cohen brought up something yesterday, which was cadence, which I thought is really kind of a gamesmanship strategy. Um, because with cadence, really, what how I took his comments with playing with – he talked about playing with tempo, playing with an urgency, mixing, mixing it up. In the NFL, you've got the quarterback has the headpiece. So they can get up to the line. They can – they can use a dummy count, which is pretty much just a fake count to try to get see if the defense will show their yeah. hand. Yeah. And then, you know, McVeigh could say, Red Dog, 7 11, 28, 49, mm-hmm. 60. And that can mean whatever to, you know, golf. Or it can become a read. Or they're in, they're in, all right, they're giving us cover three here. This is, this is what you need to look for. Now, you can't do that in college, but you can do that check with me stuff to the sideline, mm-hmm. which is what Kentucky has done in the past anyway. But, Think with that cadence that can help them give a get a better look of the defense. So that's really what I took with cadence and that tempo. Um, they are going to huddle. Uh, he, he he said that yesterday, um, but I think that cadence really kind of can help can help uh help a young quarterback because it's probably going to give him on the same. It's going to give him early reads. wavelength. And I've already seen the quarterbacks wearing some wristbands in practice. So there's obviously obviously some of that there that they're going to look to the sideline and stuff, uh, but oh, Joey Gatewood wore his wristband to the interviews. Mm-hmm. That was uh, they had to to do some cropping so that we couldn't read the plays. Even though you would need to have the finest of micro, like you would need some technology to try to figure out what was on that wristband to magnify it and clear it up. Take a lot of work, but mm-hmm. it was pretty funny that he he still wore that to the. Uh, Probably wearing it to sleep. Yeah. Did uh, how, so how how in the NFL how long can they still use the the microphone? 
into the headset, into the quarterbacks? Is there like a that's dead a zone? good? There is a dead zone. That's a good question. I, I I've heard him talk about it on NFL broadcast before. Because I figured it would question. have to be like ten or fifteen seconds, right? Because you don't want them. You know, like you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm wondering what. But you see them when it gets loud, like they put their their hands over the their ears. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. what they're doing. They're trying to hear what when the play clock reaches 15 seconds or the ball is snapped. Okay. Whichever occurs first. All when right. It's cut that off. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always remember that happening in like the Metrodome with like Brett Favre. You know, mm-hmm. you see it in Seattle all the time too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, classic, classic. Um, I forgot. So, back in the day, luck it, I quarterbacked a little bit back in my peewee football days. In our cadence, it was very complex. It was color number hut. It was it good one. Hut? No, it was go. No, it was just go, which I thought was weird, but it was blue 32, go. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're, we're just handing the ball off. It's the aisle. I, I get bored with stuff, you know. Um so what did I do? I decided to change up the colors one time and I went yellow 83 go. And when I get back to the huddle, my coach who pretty sure, no, he wasn't smoking a cigarette at the time. He would at least wait till we get off the field, but you just smell the, the tobacco on his breath at all times mm-hmm. and just feel the sweat. And he kind of looked at me and he, don't you ever say yellow ever <laughs> apparently people thought it was funny i was just looking for a different color i yeah. i got used to my reds blues and greens i wasn't gonna say purple but yellow yellow felt okay funny guy in high school would go up there and say like pink 69 oh yeah yeah real funny guy <laughs> yeah jokey mcjoke yeah. maker over here um but uh, a, a little more on Cohen. First off, shout out to Adam Luckett getting in some big J journalism questions. I did. Yeah, I, did. I, I like to even introduce yourself. You, you've learned from the best, uh, mm-hmm. Bob Holt. Just, I, I'm telling you, Luckett, it's gonna be one day at SEC <laughs> Media Days. They're gonna be writing stories about Adam Luckett asking all the questions. Maybe to these coaches. But you got in there and asked him about the, uh, not only the. You'd already got a cadence question, but this was a snap question. Can they go in shotgun? And yeah, what we, needed, was, we needed a scheme question. So, so you and, can find a little more information about the offense. Did you like but the I, answer you received? Yeah, I liked it because he threw out a name that I think we could maybe study a little bit to see what maybe the offense is going to look like. And that was he the first before he even answered, he said Sark at Alabama. Um and then when I go, I went and watched some Alabama tape yesterday just to kind of refresh my memory of what they were. And it's a lot of majority pistol offense. Alabama's receivers, now I'm not comparing I'm not comparing them at all, but they had a lot of short, shifty receivers last year. Oh, yeah. It was a story how little um, – now I can't even think of his name is. Well, you look uh, at – just like Devontae Smith. Legs. Yeah. yeah Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, John Mechie. All there wasn't guys. no, you know, six three alpha guys on the outside just abusing people outside the numbers. So with that came a lot of different motions, jet motions, orbit motions. They ran a lot of twelve personnel. They had one really good kind of blocking linebacker, and then Jaleel Billingsley kind of came on at the end of the season for them. And so when you look at 
what they did. I, I mean, I could see Kentucky running a lot of that same stuff. They did multiple things in the run game. It just wasn't outside zone. They mixed in some power stuff. Really solid offensive line they could lean on, which Kentucky has. Tight end. They used tight end because receiver position. They were kind of gutted once they lost Waddle. So there, there's some things there. And, of course, Sark coming from the NFL. It was off the West Coast tree, which is what McVay was off of with, with Cohen, what Cohen is now. So I could just see um, a lot of that, and I think the play-action game can be effective out of the pistol. I still think they're going to want to get under center some, but I think that's going to be a big part of the offense, and a lot of that comes off of the off of the zone, and Alabama did a good job. We've heard him in the past move the launch point. There wasn't a lot. Mac Jones wasn't dropping back a lot, just typical. They were moving him around a little bit to make it mm-hmm. a little difficult on – on on defenses trying to figure out how they're going to pressure them um, when they want to come from because there were some times where defenses would send a pressure and Jones would just go the other way and then it's like toast because then they got matchups on the outside right well and so, we talked about moving I mean Cohen talked about moving the pocket and stuff too uh, mm-hmm. early on in the process so it sounds that's like what that play action game does that we talked about the waggles but it's not just that it could just be a fake here and just sliding him to the left. And then you've got maybe a type of slide protection going on. Um, you, you can bring, you can bring pulling guards as a fake kind of a eye candy for the defense, but really they're an extra personal protector for the quarterback when he uh, moves a little bit. So there's a different, a lot of different stuff Kentucky can do, but I just thought that was a very interesting answer. I, I mean, right off the jump, he said Sark Alabama and then throughout the West coast label and, pretty much said he didn't see it as a spread formation that you can get in your typical two tight looks, whatever offset, eye, whatever you wanted to do. Um, you can do all of that as a pistol and the defense treats it as typical under center action. Yeah. I, uh, I do like though that right now, <laughs> Right now, the comps we're getting for UK offense are the Rams and Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I know that that's obviously that's that's you should silly be built, from I mean, a personnel level. But yeah, you, you should be aspiring to be the Chiefs, the best offenses mm-hmm. in the world. That's that's what you should do. Like, I don't know. Right. It, it's not that it's not rocket science. We'll get the best. Try to emulate them. Even if you don't have the same talent, you can still get results by using that scheme. Right. Absolutely. And like, I, I do want to like hit the brakes when I get into these kind of comparisons, but just from how the roster is kind of built, it's similar in that way. Mm-hmm. Now, Bama has similar skill sets just on a turbo level. It's like to the nth degree. But, but Kentucky's got a strong running back, you know, a strong offensive line, mm-hmm. multiple tight ends they can use, small shifty wide receivers. And then, really, with Alabama, their screen game, their running back screen game was awesome, too. Um, they yeah. used so many motions, so many different formations. They were so fun to watch. And I could I could go for a good running back and tight end screen offense this year oh, in Kentucky. Dude, the tight end screens that they run with Travis Kelsey are so much fun. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> Especially when he does the little underhand toss thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn it. I like – it because you've you've thrown mm-hmm. a football like that how many times when you're just tossing it around, but nobody ever does it in a game. Hell, I could probably throw that just as far as I can throw it overhand. 
Right. You can whip that thing underhand. It doesn't really mess up your shoulder. It's kind of nice. And the, the thing with the Kelsey screens, what gets you is all that eye candy. Oh, They'll have all these different motions. Yeah. Mahomes is moving. They're pulling a guard, and then it's just, oh, forgot about 87 just sitting right here. Well, and to echo the sentiment of like, hey, you've got these little guys at a wide receiver kind of running things. Uh, when asked about the pass catchers, uh, Stoops initially brought up who they're – I mean, he essentially said that their third guy. We knew about Ollie and Wandale, yeah. but who was going to be the third wide receiver when they go 11 personnel? And that's, that's going to be Isaiah Epps, which that tells me, look, at that they're putting a premium on speed. I mean, even if you look at some of the the weights too, a lot of wide receivers, the cut weight, um, they're really putting a premium on speed. And that's probably why guys like Bryce Oliver and Alan Dale, they jumped ship and entered the transfer portal last week. Yeah. Oliver, I don't think was a real surprise – um, they were counting on him this past year, and he couldn't stay healthy. Coaching change. It was just, you know. Yeah, it, it, Graham was his recruiter, too. Yeah. It, yeah. I, now, Daly was – Checks out. Right, Daly, Daly was a guy who started, all, all counts, was a pretty good guy in the locker room, did some a lot of the dirty work for him outside, made some plays, had a touchdown catch against Tennessee, should have had a touchdown catch against NC State, but the illegal formation down there oh, at the end of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. But that's Terry Wilson's best ball year, right? He was entering his senior year, so you could see it with him. That was the one that surprised me. And then another surprise is Cleavon Thomas's name keeps popping up, yeah, this spring, which we thought it would be popping up in the portal. Or I right. don't speak for you, but at least I did, yeah. But he's another guy, like, he's going to be a redshirt senior, seems like by all accounts, a great teammate, hard worker. So I think they're willing to keep him especially with with kind of these shifty receivers they got going on. Um, so, yeah, but the daily, they, that was a surprise, but he is a plotter, and I think you're right. I think they're getting away from those slow plotters on the outside, which makes me think long-term, what's the what's the goal for Isaiah Cummings? Mm-hmm. And Trayvon Morgan, because he doesn't yeah. fit that at all. Unless they move like, him to tight end. Try to maybe make those guys some, like, flex tight ends. Yeah. Like, me thinking about Cummings – I think he's a great blocker. He could be awesome um, with some of the tight end H-back stuff they could do from a blocking standpoint. And he could also be potentially a matchup nightmare if he got it about 10 pounds and played tight end. Mm-hmm. That's just something I'm thinking about right now. But but we'll see. I mean, the offense can change. You know, he's talked about personnel and blending it to your personnel. That means it could change yearly what you're doing. So it's going to be interesting to follow. But I think you're definitely right. I think – at college football in general, I think it's proven that it's all about creating matchups and, and speed. It's one way to do that because um, speed usually, speed usually, speed's usually a, a pretty good factor in who's going to win one-on-one. You can't coach speed either. Right. P- people do not forget that. They, you can't coach height. Um, I did There's different it- types of speed too. There's that short area quickness, shiftiness mm-hmm. that I think Wondell Robinson has. And then there's kind of the top flight speed, right? Um, sprinter speed that I think Isaiah Hepps has is what they're, what the coaches, I believe he has is can be a, a downfield, take the top off a defense threat. The um, I, there was also uh, when Stoops was talking about Epps, 
he mentioned his foot injury again. Is there just is that is that never like how, yeah, how that's, do you that sounded like foot injury? That sounded like he's still not a hundred percent in practice. Yeah. Which, like it's getting treatment every day in the training room. Is that like plantar fasciitis? Like what how how you got a lingering injury two years later on a foot injury? And he's not even a seven footer. You hear about like Yao right. having feet problems or I don't know. I don't think he's got diabetes. So like what I, I just I don't understand. I don't I don't understand how you can have a foot injury two years later. Yeah, I that sounds like to me, just digging back in the past, he's came back from that a couple times and he keeps re aggravating it, whatever it is. It's and so that's foot, that's dude, probably what it so is. They had just have to be careful with yeah. that especially in the spring, you don't want to strain that too much. Mm-hmm. And cause an injury too fast for his own feet am i right <laughs> <laughs> running out of the skin <laughs> i did find it interesting too that uh cohen said he really wasn't moving guys around at receiver with the exception probably being Cleveland, where it's like you know if we want guys in certain spots we just run a different formation which you know that makes sense right now like make it Make sure they can get walk before they crawl or crawl right. before they walk. I, I just got the same backwards. Brain's a little mushy this morning, but that 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 makes sense. Um, and also kind of surprising that Cleveland stepped up. So shout out to the seniors, him and Apps, for uh, using this fresh start to their advantage. I know it's still early, but it's it is good to as much as we are excited about the new guys. Good to see those guys uh, make the most of this opportunity because that's how a lot of those the. The, the, the folks in the offense they see this as a new opportunity uh and that's why it goes back to the overall theme of everybody's jacked the hell up this spring Woo! and stoops even said more's coming oh when it comes to attrition yeah i've got the quote we got to turn this roster over a bit <laughs> is the quote he talked about competition you do it with recruiting so it's dead. just get ready for it. There's more transfers. Oh, man, that's coming. so cutthroat, and I freaking love it. Like, because there's no room to be all shucks. We just love everybody here. Like, I'm sorry, right. but that's for losers. Uh, I'm looking at you, Scott Satterfield. Yeah, I'll sit down. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, my wife Taylor asked me about this, like, and I was trying to explain to her how, like, how they can do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm like how the scholarship situation works. And I was having a hard time trying to explain it. Um, but basically it's like you, you gotta, it's almost like a job almost. And if you don't like perform to a certain standard, they're not going to fire you, but it's probably best for both parties if you leave. So you have what can be, I guess, a difficult conversation. That's a good comparison. But I don't, I don't know if that's great, though. I was trying to. Yeah, because the the problem with it is that it's like a unknown agreement, whereas like in a job, you have a contract. You right. Know? It's like the one year. Well, it's the one year renewable, right? Scholarship. Technically, yes. Right. And they don't pull. Like it's you don't hear about coaches pulling scholarships very often, but there there are these conversations where when UK needs to find a scholarship, they find it. I don't know how those conversations happen, but they do. They happen all across college football. Right. And then with the portal, 
I think it's made all that easier for both parties because you can get in there and you can get recruited. And maybe it's a thing where a coach will write a good letter of recommendation, or maybe it's not that, but he'll call A, B, C, and D and say, this guy's good. If y'all need somebody, take a look at him kind of thing. Even if it's maybe at an FCS level or whatnot. Hmm. Yeah, man, I'm trying to think. There's a lot of little South Florida guys. They can just go and get in over on FAU or FIU. Yeah, a lot of them have already. Yeah. Right. Um, heck, it didn't one of them go to UCF too? So there's plenty of schools in Florida be closer to home, get all the more playing mm-hmm. time. And hell, it's worked out pretty well for uh, <laughs> for folks in the uh, in Kentucky basketball side. Shout out Johnny Jazang, NCAA tournament league score. Like it, sometimes it just works out for the best for both sides, but uh, yeah. sometimes not the not one of them. And I think we're finally put into bed the kind of disaster that was the South Florida recruiting thing. Um, and really Eddie Grand, where they kind of leaned into him. Um, but in that class of 2018, leaned into Grand's recruiting connections. Mm-hmm. Class of 2018, he was the primary recruiter for nine players in that class. Seven of those guys have transferred out. One never made it to campus. Ashton Pierre, I don't believe he qualified out of high school. And then Cavassier Smoke is the only one left. Smoke. So, you know, it's not good. <laughs> I don't want to bash, but there was there was reasons other than just his play calling. Right, why he's no longer at Kentucky. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I think it's safe to say, like it. I uh, I did see where uh, Steve Clinkscale and uh, John Summerall got some promotions. Yeah, what's the clink scale one's brand new passing defensive passing game coordinator. Never heard of that anywhere. Yeah. No, I don't pay much attention to other colleges, assistant coaching titles, but that does sound like a nice little, Hey, thanks for being an awesome recruiter in the state of Michigan clink. Here's yes. a, here's a title. Now they gave summer all the code DC, but I thought he might've had that last year. I could be off. No, he didn't. Okay. But I, I thought, I thought they would have given him co-special teams though instead of Buffano. Like, but just because he's he's done it before, I think that's what he was at Troy um, previously. So I don't know why they wouldn't do that. But it signals to me like it that if White uh, goes elsewhere, then Summerall's next man up. Right. We did. We don't need him on special teams. Don't need his unwarranted criticism for one of the best recruiters on staff. That's true. <laughs> So that's why Stoops did it. He's like, ah, Frank, he can take it. He, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which um, I like, too, the other guy who's co-special teams, John Settle. Like, Chris Rodriguez was talking about him. He's like, you know, I don't know him very well, but he's going to get you right. And I was just like, God, I bet you that dude is such a hard ass. Like, oh, man. I love a calming it. presence, I think, is what Cohen called him. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. But speaking of Rodriguez, the big news yesterday – was the 25 touches comment. Yeah. He only, I thought he had more. I thought he had that at least once last year, but I never understood the no, Georgia game was the only time he reached 20. I never understood the hesitancy. You could give Benny sell the yep. ball 25 times every game, but not Rodriguez. It just didn't, didn't make any sense. It made, me. it made zero sense. Um, I uh, digging into, I wonder if there was just 
going into the year, it was just we're going to try to pass the ball. We're going to stick with it. We're not going to get into running the ball 50 times a game. We're, get, we're still going to run the ball, but we're going to use all three backs. And even if it gets hairy, we're going to stick with this. I wonder if that was just a thing going in, that they know they had, they knew they had to fix a passing game. Even if they would have came out and ran Rodriguez a bunch of times, they probably still would have maybe moved on. I just wonder if that was – because on, on a surface level, you've got – this guy was having a great season. He was running all over everybody. He was efficient as heck. Didn't have any negative plays. The offense was struggling. Why Why aren't you just riding riding him to kingdom come to see where mm-hmm. he can take you? Right, right. I don't, I don't know if we'll ever <laughs> get a good answer to that, but – uh, Liam Cohen is not going to – he's not even going to hear your concerns. He's already full steam ahead trying to get him the damn football, mm-hmm. which, yes. <laughs> yes, please. Thank you very much, sir. Just because if all else fails, even if the quarterbacks perform poorly, Chris Rodriguez and that offensive line, they can take you places. Pretty damn good. Yeah, it all it all starts starts with them and the tight ends, I think. I think 12 personnel is going to be highly utilized in this offense. Mm-hmm. I think Keaton Upshaw is probably the, the key to unlocking everything, getting getting him effectively involved. But you look at – I will say, man, I was thinking about this the other day. You look at some of the skill talent, Rodriguez at running back, Upshaw at tight end, Wondell Robinson and Albee at receiver. That's as good as they've had in the last few years, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the only one you could argue was better was the Juice, Bidette, Benny, Boom, C.J. Conrad back in 2016. Or 16, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which, it is kind of a shock they didn't win one. They lost a couple of close close games, right? If you remember, though, early in that year, the defense was bad. God awful. Oh, that was whenever DJ, DJ Elliott got promoted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or got like Mark was like, I'm taking or demoted, over. Excuse me. Right. Yeah. I'm taking over the defense. Um, right. So yeah. They, because they kind of fixed it, but they had issues all year on defense. And you lost to Southern Miss. Or no. No, no, no. They did not lose to Southern Miss that year. Man, I'm getting all sorts of things jumbled up. They lost I'm, to Southern Miss 2016. It was 16? Okay, okay. Mark 2014. Yeah, it's 2014 class. My brain, too, is it's the Wednesday after the NCAA tournament, so it's been two days since. But all of that basketball and staying up late, and then now we've got high school regional tournaments that we're covering on KS- KSR, a lot of things are running together right now. This time of year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, busy, but also there's no Kentucky basketball happening. <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, if you haven't checked out our high school basketball coverage, go do that. I'm going out the valley tonight to the the old station. Uh, we have to hit up Khalil's. Give me give Khalil's me some good spot. Yeah, it's big, big South End spot. Big good spot. Yeah, Isn't so um, uh, very excited to go to those games this weekend. I'm really hoping the sales can just that would be awesome. Be awesome if they could do it. Never seen the sales ever been to the Sweet Sixteen. 1979. First and only appearance. So, and that was the only time we'd ever been to an LIT final and uh, won it this year. So, you're hoping they can. Um, was it Thumber Fern Creek in there in the sixth? 
Uh, pretty yeah, pretty much. They got to beat uh, Bullities tonight and yeah, or Thursday. They, but yeah, the guy from Creek's done a good job. Yeah, he's done a real good job. They won the region last year, and I think they were in the hunt the year before. I mean, they were ranked nationally. They almost for won a state a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. So they've been they've been real good. Moving the dis the region realignment really helped them getting out of the yeah for sure. Region, which still murders row there. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this about it's the same that goes for the NCAA tournament and the Sweet Sixteen. Great way to crown a champion. Terrible way to figure out who the best team is. Lexington Catholic lost last night. Covington, like you had two of the top five teams in the state lose on the road because they dropped their district t- title game. And I get that that you get a chance in the district title game to keep running the table, but it's just so there's going to be some teams in this Sweet 16 that Lexington Catholic and Covington Catholic are better than. They're just there just will be, but that's that's what we got. That's what we're rolling that's, with now. That's the deal. Yep, um, it's a fun deal. It makes for some mm-hmm. chaos, but. Uh, I do feel for the teams that have had just great seasons and then just fall on their faces. Yeah, for those two to not even make it to the the big enchilada, right, right, have great season that that stinks. And they had they both had two really good players that I think are seniors. Yeah, yeah, Ben Johnson probably gonna win Mister Mister Basketball unless somebody goes on a crazy run here uh, from Lexington Catholic Bellarmine guy. And then up with the Knights. Say next has got a guy going to Bellarmine. Yeah, the the shooter, Varga. Aiden, Aiden, no, or no, no, not Varga. The other guy, Mud. Right. Yeah, Mud. Yeah, that's right. Aiden, Aiden Mud's going there because I definitely got those confused too when I was doing my region preview. But uh, Mail Manual tonight too. Glad that rivalry game's getting played. I think this year was the first time they didn't play that football game in like a hundred million years or something. Hate to see. Yeah, it got happen. canceled, didn't it? Yeah, because of uh, Manual yeah, didn't play issues. this year either. Really. Hmm. Oh, well, that's probably good news for you guys, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I would. Say I so. do love that. As soon as Saint X starts whipping Trinity in basketball, the old one four in a row, and then you get them in the playoffs, and it's like, well, it's fun while it lasted. Yeah, all of those were, I think, close games, though. So they were probably due to drop one, but they did have a better team than Trinity, so that was disappointing to see them go out early. Oh man, fun, fun! I'm excited to go to these games though, just to like be in a gym for a big game. Um, yeah mm-hmm. you know get get the vibes going around get the juices falling is your bracket busted like it i mean i still got three of the final four teams left oh National nice. championships champions yep. still there bama is one of yours bama bama's one of my final four teams yeah 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 losing to zaga in the semis i'm sure mm-hmm. yeah i uh yeah i don't even i haven't looked at my bracket but got most the- of my lead, i think i have six or seven my lead eight left in the KRC, though, I am like 20th out of 70. So I was consider that good. And I'm I'm above 500 on my gambling picks. I just I, I hit a I hit a four teamer bucket. So I've been I've been chasing that high <laughs> ever since. And you know, What's there's always 15, 12, 15 to one. Uh something like it'd be like 10. Well, I've been doing money lines though with them. Okay. Oh, okay. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um but you know, typically around five to one or so. Um, yeah. Which, but there's all like Illinois losing Loyola. I I was like, surely you're not losing to the small in-state sister Jean school. Um, man, Big you Ten surely did. <laughs> man, the Big Ten. I love the Big Ten sucking so much. It just it gives me so much joy. Uh, Turned into the Pac-12 tournament. <laughs> 
man, Bill Walton, he's riding on high right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which it brought up an old uh, Dave Pash tweet about Bill Walton having five. He's like, there's only, <laughs> there's only, uh, it, there was two in the same region. And then <laughs> he's like, his final then, four teams yeah. are just the five Pac 12 teams. He's like, but don't, <laughs> which Dave Pash, by the way, I know he, like ESPN made him do all that, even though he's one of their best play-by-play guys. It do they do they give Emmys for like play-by-play guys? I don't know. I, I, I don't. He should win one for handling Walton. Oh, for as long as he did, they they at least kicked him off. To they put Jason Benetti with him, I think, for the most. Benetti's good year. with him too. Yeah, yeah, and he likes making jokes and all that. But right, but Dave Pash is good. Kevin Harlan, this is. Kevin Harlan season. I I love Kevin Harlan. He's Him, Ian Eagle, they're great. Um, it's it. It was a lot of fun watching all the games this weekend. But man, those late tip offs. I I got jealous of seeing some some big Jays on the West Coast being like, gotta love nine a.m. basketball. I'm like, you sons of bitches. Like, <laughs> it's got to be nice. They've got it made for sure. They the really, they really, they really, really do. But. The Big Ten sucking. I love to see that. I love to see Big Ten fans going crazy. And I really loved seeing Louisville fans furious over Jonathan Blue's picture with Mark Stoops. Did you see this picture, Adam Luckett? Do you know who Jonathan Blue is? Yeah, that was a well, explain to our listeners who Jonathan Blue is, Nick. Jonathan Blue, is it fair to call him like the Joe Craft of Louisville? Is he that big? I don't. See, I don't think he is as far as monetarily, but he was on the board of trustees, and he's a local business owner. He's just, like, he's very vocal, and I, I, I know he gives that university a good chunk of change, but he's very just he's very just out there. He's a very outspoken booster, and right. he's probably the most recognizable rich donor now that Papa's not in the house. When you say like I, I can't name any other, but that and and uh, the dude who's uh, Mark Lynn, those are probably their two bigger uh, boosters for the University of Louisville. The guy who is has a soccer stadium named after him does the eye doctor places. Right, uh, Jonathan Blue he owns the liquor barns and party marts primarily, and he tweeted out uh, this was Tuesday at five o'clock. Uh, Cheers to the best football coach in the Commonwealth for stopping by Springhurst Liquor Barn tonight. And it's with Mark Stoops. And, man, Louisville fans, very mad online. And yeah, I love to see it. I love to see it so much. Just, I mean, Blue's handle on Twitter is one Cards fan. <laughs> and he's just taking a shot at Satterfield. Yeah, and he's... um. He's been very outspoken, I think, against Mac and Satterfield, that whole regime. So, yeah, I mean, that's not good for Louisville, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. I think it, it's a – I think it also shows you just Satterfield is not – he will snooze the media. Oh. Snooze the media. but Snooze the hell out of him. But – Stoops is more schmoozing the the important people like the that are going to support you financially, kind of thing. We've seen him getting close with Kraft, got some money um, invested into the football program in Kentucky at Kentucky. Satterfield, I don't know if he's if he's doing all that. 
I guess would be what I'm saying. Should have known you were a cat fan all along with the last name Blue. Take your money to Lexington. Don't come back around when Louisville Athletics gets back to the top. Fair to see, say, Mr. Blue can see what most see. Scotty Satterthorpe. <laughs> oh, I love Scotty Satterthorpe. Oh, that's great. We got to start using that one like it. Scotty Satterthorpe. <laughs> oh, I also like to go open your damn store in Lexington. Do we got to tell them that there's liquor barns in Lexington? <laughs> yeah. Twitter replies on some stuff can just be. Number one cards fan my ass. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Number one cards. Oh, man. These are so great. Oh, another one. Wear a mask. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness gracious. And even Crumb's Revenge says it's on Satterfield to change that. That's big, man. Like They like, they have the hashtag Louisville media. Dude, they are. Has taken a big turn on both those guys, football and basketball, that I did not see coming. Oh, goodness gracious. Woo. And it seems like little stuff, too. It's not even just the stuff on the field. It's just some little stuff. That they're upset about to be yeah. with the well and also the big i mean mac the big stuff not making the NCAA tournament that's a pretty big thing right but, well yeah. like mac doesn't do any kind of local media it seems like i think that irritates a lot of people does he do the media golf scramble they love the old media golf scrambles back in the day do we still have those I'm Very not sure. Important. That's a good question. Yeah. Which, by the way, am I ever going to get invited to local media golf scramble? Like, <laughs> maybe we should start our own. Yeah. What well, is asking questions now? Damn it. He needs to be local media <laughs> golf scramble. Yeah. Just because we aren't on wave every night doesn't mean we can't be golf scrambling. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Come yeah. on. We can. I'll be a good ringer. I'll get drunk over at Valhalla for free. Of course. Uh, yeah, I'll take four hours out of my Monday to go play 18 at Valhalla. Sure, <laughs> why not? Oh, man, but I love it, and I just – we've talked about it before, but I just I just got into it with my friends a lot today uh, because they're very hung up on uh, – Mark Stoops is a losing record as a head coach. It's like, buddy, he's uh, yeah. been playing – he's been playing big boy football. You all just got to the ACC. You got lucky in Satterfield's first year that it was the worst Power 5 conference in America. So yeah. just just – just wait. You all are going to be stuck behind this eight ball for quite I mean, some Sat time. Satterfield's like, what's he like? I think he's one game over 500 or two games. I think he's like 13 <laughs> yeah. and 11. Yeah. Like, just shut the hell up. Like, oh, it drives me crazy. Drives me absolutely crazy. And it makes very, me really wish that we had that game last year because they would have beat the snot out of him even with a bad team. Yeah, especially if Louisville had those opt-outs like they did <laughs> in this regular season. I just, I'm very interested to see how – Specifically, just sticking on football, how Louisville plays out this year. I could see that thing going in 18 different directions because they are still in the ACC. So, like, they could get hot and do something there, and then everything kind of calms down. Or they could do a four and eight and the pitchfork come out. Mm. Bring them out. Uh, you know who's not getting any pitchforks? It's like the opposite. So, what's the opposite of pitchforks? Is it a Laurel and Hardy handshake? Yeah, pat on the back. Yeah. Well, give, slap. give that to Jamin Davis because they already got this dude halfway into the first round. I know, Mel Kuyper with a bomb. <laughs> yeah. It's a big deal. It is wild. 
That is wild. That is, and it, like when he initially made his decision, I was like, man, was that the right one? He's probably going to need more. Nope. Uh, good decision, Jamin. You did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has not had his pro day yet. Pro day is actually one week from today. That's going to be on your you're streaming it on your SEC Network Plus. You're watching 11 a.m. app. Um, so, man, I, I miss not. I love going to pro days just because it's fun to kind of yuck it up with those guys and, uh, you know, have our chit chat and whatnot. Um, because they're usually much more buttoned down, a lot more informal. They aren't technically like, you know, they don't have the UK media relations people over right. them. So you can kind of exactly. hang out like at Josh Allen's pro day. I just spent like, he wasn't doing anything. I spent most of the time talking to him and like Brad white, just, you know, football, you know, boring stuff, uh, boring, but like human stuff instead of, well, uh, what's it like to, uh, do your cadence, you know, like I just get out of all the formal kind of crap and right. then to watch them. It's fun to watch when they get all the, the big groups at bench press and everybody's like, it's a big hype machine. Uh, also fun to see what some of these guys can do. Uh, Rondell Moore, uh, turns out he's a freak athlete. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> well, who would have thunk it? I like to watch the big guys run the 40 myself. Man, it was real cool. There was because it, it was Big George's pro day, and that was when he made his money. And Eli Capilouto was there. And pro day is very informal. I know that some of y'all mm-hmm. have probably seen it, uh, like some of the broadcast stuff they'll do, but there's really just ropes to make sure you get out of the way um because everybody's using different stopwatches uh and media relations is kind of echoing a big one out to people uh they're usually the they're a better they're a friendlier time than most uh but i remember uh big george running his and he when he cracked five that was what the number he really needed to get and capaluto when he heard he's like yes anyway george like and i was just like dude this guy freaking gets it right here like i yeah. know he looks he doesn't come across as that kind of guy but like when you got a dude cheering for times on a 40-yard dash at a pro day like that's a guy who really cares about his students from where i yeah from my my, my seat he's been a pretty good president for kentucky and i just miss his twitter account do you remember capaluto though <laughs> All timer, man. Dude, that was all timer. <laughs> I wish we could bring it back. Because uh, I think I actually know who did it, but he's just like an adult now. So I want to make a fake Nick Grouse Twitter and just put out dad jokes three times a day. The it, It'd be awfully hard to top the fake Kyle Twitter one because. Yeah, that's a good one. Man, when those just pop up out of nowhere, I always think it's him. You know, first mm-hmm. time around, um, which I should probably update my Twitter picture. That was taken in like when did Commonwealth Kroger Field open? <laughs> Twenty sixteen, yeah, yeah. So five years five, ago, five years old. No, I'll just do that, and it'll be like when you see the uh, like God, that doesn't look like him. Uh, and the hell, uh, Duffy is either Duffy or Fortner was gave me hell about that too. Like, yeah, forget you're bald because you've got a hat in your Twitter picture. I'm like, yo, you sons of bitches, like. <laughs> Been like oh. a good ball joke. Oh man, those those always in season. Um, look at I, I feel like we've touched on just about everything today. Yeah, uh, it's been busy. I will say that keeping busy the draft and we've gotten. I will say this about Kentucky: they're trying to keep it mum, but there are at the same time the coordinators are giving us some good stuff at yeah. least so far. 
Yes. It's been very nice. Very nice. Uh, I'm hoping they uh, let us, because I have a feeling they will let media go to Kroger Field for one practice. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed. In the stands. But you know what? Here's what's going to happen. Look, we're playing at my son's first birthday party. And it's difficult because. You think they'll do it on Saturday if they did it? Yeah. And I think they're going to do it whenever we schedule this party. Cause I got a sister that's about to have a kid. I got spring break. I got all this stuff that's happening. And it's like, all right, what's a good time to do this? And I just know that it's, I know that's what's going to happen. So, yeah. oh, well, we'll Hope make it I, work. Fingers just, crossed, Nick, that we can. Well, what time, the, what time are y'all going to have the party? I don't you know. Think? I would think in the evening, but they, yeah. So yeah, technically, I guess listen, I it'll be both. morning. It'll be like nine to 11 access. I would figure they did it. Uh, they Don't end a little bit later on Saturdays, but yeah, they would okay. just let us in early. Um, yeah, you're right. So yeah, hey, we can make it work. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we'll figure it, it out. We're just trying to figure planning things. Not probably the thing I hate most. I hate making plans. I'll go to things. I do not like planning. Ugh, just don't like it. It's difficult. Not my cup of tea. Which, it, yeah, I'm right. I'm I'm with you. Like event uh, planning, I, I cannot imagine that being my job. Yeah, right. it just sounds like that's just my neck got tight just thinking about it. So, yeah. but my wife, she forgets dates. That's what I'm for. Oh, like we have this. Okay, like she tries to plan. Let's, let's, you know, let's do some landscaping. I'm gonna buy a bunch of landscaping stuff. Well, we have A, B, and C the next three weekends, so maybe we should wait on buying these materials oh, man. oh putting off landscaping that's going to be a, just such a satisfying thing when you're like oh. nope we're not doing it this weekend <laughs> yeah i yeah i despise yard work well you know what though evolve the household chores that's probably like the the least bad one but it's getting the ball rolling like the first one you yes. do is the worst yes like i need to get my weed eater fixed i'm going to put it off until it's mm-hmm. time to cut grass and yeah I guess I'll just wait a couple more. Yeah, once you get out, it's not like it's not bad. It's, it's fine. Just getting started. It's just, uh, I do not want to do this. I'd rather do eight, up. eighty-seven other things. Yeah. <sighs> and I don't have March Madness as an excuse. It was pretty glorious to like do as little as possible last weekend. Kentucky's mm-hmm. not even playing. Can't even get up. It stinks like it, but you know what? <laughs> We've got spring ball. We can still talk about we that. Do. and we'll, we'll talk about it next week, too. How about it? Does that sound good to you? Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, put that in your calendar. Remember it. Don't let your wife forget it. And we'll be back next week for another edition of 11 Personnel.